very much. I'm used to this sort of setting. This is very much my, <clears throat> this is my area right here. So uh, Laboratory is supposed to be a place to tell stories of great science and great scientists, but obviously tonight we are talking about great villains and we're so close to Halloween. And so I thought I would tell a tale that has, uh, not only has no great scientists, it has no science in it at all. This is a tale uh, packed with all of the things guaranteed to chill a Laboratory audience to their bones. I'm talking confirmation bias. Ooh, circular arguments. Uh, magical thinking. In fact, not just magical thinking, but magic itself. Because tonight, I want to talk about fairies. Now, uh, last month, there were five photographs went on sale uh, in the UK. They were taken in 1917 by a 16-year-old girl, and they sold at auction for £20,000. Uh, that is five times more than uh, what they were supposed to go for in, a, in an act of uh, undervaluation worthy of a Melbourne real estate agent. The photographs uh, depicted uh, Elsie Wright and her cousin Frances uh, cavorting with fairies. Um, the fairies are seen to be dancing across the grass in front of them. Um, one of the fairies is presenting uh, Elsie with a bouquet of flowers. They're bathing in the sunlight. They are beautiful photographs and they are completely fake. However, those photographs were 100 years old and for 100 years they have captured the world's attention. They have captured the attention of skeptics and believers alike because of what they represent. So, um, the photographs uh, first came to light in 1917 uh, when Elsie and Francis were living together with Elsie's parents and Francis's mother in the village of Cottingley in uh, West Yorkshire. Uh, the girls were, despite being different ages, Elsie was 16, uh, Francis was only nine, uh, they would disappear all day together and have fantastic adventures and would often come back soaking wet from playing in the stream together. And uh, Elsie's mother was so furious and said, what are you doing? And they'd say, oh, it's, we have to go to the stream because that's where the fairies are, of course. And, and they kept telling this story over and over and over again to the point where the parents would say, can you just shut up about the fairies? So they said, okay, we will get you proof. Now, Elsie's father was an amateur photographer, so they took his camera down to the stream one day and they came back with two photographs that clearly showed fairies playing with the young Francis. Now, Arthur, who was Elsie's dad, looked at them and went, oh, there's some nice fake photographs you've made there and set them aside. However, Polly, who was uh, Arthur's wife, looked at them and said, well, here it is evidence for the existence of fairies. And she took these photographs to the Bradford Theosophical Society. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, there's a lot of different organizations call themselves Theosophical Societies. Um, this particular one was very interested in studying the occult, uh, and, and in particular in looking at sort of the rational uh, underpinnings of the supernatural and occult. Essentially, what the members were trying to do was to sort of weave together their, their dual loves of uh, both science and making weird shit up. 
and the idea of fairy photographs obviously attracted their attention. Uh, and in particular, one man in particular was very interested in the fairy photographs. His name was Edward Gardner. And Edward Gardner believed that uh, we were not just evolving, we were evolving towards perfection. So each generation uh, was not different or, or sort of you know, more evolved. It was actually working towards this ideal form of humanity. And the idea that there were people who were suddenly showing up in the spiritualist movement who could read minds or talk to ghosts was of great interest to him. And the idea of these young girls being able to talk to and see fairies meant that the next generation was starting to develop these perfect abilities. So he took the photographs and thought, well, the first thing I need to do is to check whether these photographs are actually real. So what he did was he took them, first of all, he took them to a man called Harold Snelling. And Harold Snelling looked at them and he said, uh, let's see, the two negatives are entirely genuine, unfaked photographs with no trace whatsoever of studio work involving card or paper models at all. Uh, he also then added that if it was fake, it would have required an extraordinary amount of skill and talent. Uh, so then Gardner took the photographs to Kodak, who agreed that they showed absolutely no signs of being faked. However, what both uh, Snelling and Kodak said was, this is not proof for the existence uh, of fairies. This is not proof of fairies. This is proof for the existence of photographs. <laughs> like, yes, these are definitely photographs. <laughs> They're not things that have been changed. They're photographs. That's what you've got. And they went right. In fact, one of the people at Kodak said, uh, well, now, um, obviously, these aren't real photographs of fairies. And Gardner said, why not? And the guy said, because fairies aren't real. <laughs> so finally, he took them to one more, uh, one more expert. And the last expert said, uh, not, basically said that there were clear evidence looking at the photograph that they were 100% fake. If you've ever seen the photographs, you'll know, notice that the fairies' wings, as they're flying around, aren't blurred. They're perfectly crisp and clear. You can see the details. They're like butterfly wings. And you can see all of the details. Then he pointed out, well, if they were really flying, there would be blurred wings. Also, he pointed out the fact that uh, the, the girls are not looking the fairies in the eyes, and the fairies aren't looking the girls in the eyes, suggesting that the, uh, they're not really looking at each other. Uh, Gardner then took all of this evidence and decided that two out of the three experts were telling him that the pictures were genuine and that the third one was wrong because, of course, fairy wings don't blur, they're magical beings. <laughs> In other words, fairies can do impossible things. These photos show impossible things because they're impossible. Therefore, these photographs are evidence that fairies are real. Oh, and of course, the girls knew they shouldn't look the fairies in the eyes because the last thing you want to do is look a fairy directly in the eyes. That was a piece of the evidence. Never look a fairy in the eyes. You ever hear of someone? No, you'd never hear from those people again. Now, it, it, it could have just sort of stayed within the circles of the Theosophical Society uh, if it wasn't for Sir uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, the man who wrote Sherlock Holmes, who is known for creating one of the most rational characters of all time, whilst also simultaneously being one of the most irrational men of all time. He was a big lover of the supernatural and the spiritual and the occult, and in particular, fairies. Now, he, he had skin in the game because, for, for two reasons, the first was around the time this happened, his son tragically died during World War I. 
And so for him, the idea of uh, the supernatural, that there was something beyond the physical world, was very important because it meant to him that perhaps his son was still out there somewhere. But specifically in terms of fairies, his father was a big believer in fairies and had actually been sent institutionalized uh, for, among other things, his belief in fairies. He had notebooks full of pictures and sketches of fairies. So if fairies were real, this would mean that perhaps his father wasn't insane. So for him, it was very important to try and prove that these fairy photographs were real. So he wrote massive articles. He wrote a book on the subject. Uh, he even gave a camera to uh, Elsie uh, and Francis, uh, to the girls, and said, see if you can get some more photographs. And they came back with, with three more photos. And these three photos sort of reignited the interest. And soon people all around the world uh, were talking about the fairies. Elsie and Francis were sort of trotted around and shown at meetings. And they were basically brought up and said, these girls have these special abilities. They are the next generation. They talked about their ectoplasmic auras and all sorts of bizarre things, um, suggesting that these girls were special and magical in some way because of their links with the fairies. And this really just continued for the girls' lives until uh, 1983. In 1983, after a tip-off from professional magician and professional killjoy, James Randi, uh, a journalist uh, sought out the two sisters, now old ladies, and, and asked them to do an interview. They, uh, the interviewer brought with them a, a book. The name of the book was uh, Princess Mary's Gift Book. And the journalist pointed out uh, to the women that the dancing girls that appeared in this gift book looked remarkably like the fairies. They were different pictures, but they were in exactly the same poses. And this was saying that James Randi had noticed, that the, the, the women basically looked like they're in the same poses. And it was then that Elsie finally admitted that she had drawn the fairies. She, she had sat down with this gift book and she'd sketched these beautiful drawings of fairies. She'd added the wings um, and the, the bouquets of flowers. And then she'd never used a camera before in her life. She took the camera with, the, with her cousin Francis down to the stream. They got hat pins. They stuck them up in just the right position, figured out where the perspective should be. They took two photographs that came out beautifully. And it was those photographs that basically sparked this entire interest in fairies. So this, this, this young woman's um, art that she created basically sparked this entire movement of people uh, reigniting their belief in fairies. And, and it was a sort of a magic that continued on for, for almost 70 years. Now, to me, I, I've sort of known this story for many years, and, I, and I've always sort of left it there with this idea of, of one of both. Oh, isn't that nice, this little practical joke, and look how it sprung up and grew throughout the world. And also as sort of a moral lesson about how dumb people who believe in magical stuff are. You know, as a, as a hardcore skeptic, for me, I always enjoy when uh, people who have weird beliefs that I don't really like are made to look foolish. So it's always nice to sort of have stories like that. Um, however, a, a friend of mine uh, by the name of Sarah Bagg, she's a, a, um, a podcaster and a pop culture expert here in Melbourne. She has a podcast dedicated entirely to watching every episode of the 1990s television series DuckTales. So she knows what she's talking about. Uh, she, uh, we, we talked about this uh, topic extensively and she pointed out something that I probably as a dude, never noticed. And that is, in this story, exactly how much shit Elsie Wright had to endure in her life. So, 
The first thing you have is this photographic expert says, if fake, then these photographs are a work of great skill and talent. That, that was the first thing that Edward Gardner was told about this, okay? So she basically created this beautiful thing, but no one ever, she never got any credit, and no one even believed that she could have possibly created it. Even her own father was not proud of the art. He didn't believe it for a second. He wasn't proud of what she'd done. In fact, he was disappointed that his hero, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, could be suckered, and specifically, this is a quote, and by her at the bottom of her class. Basically, he thought his daughter was an idiot and was embarrassed that his hero had been fooled by his dumb daughter. Um, her teachers agreed and called her dreamy and untalented. Edward Gardner looked at some of her other paintings and called them uninspired, saying her work does not reveal that ability to the marked degree. Um, and uh, Doyle also said, oh, these photographic tricks uh, would be entirely beyond these girls. And this really hurt Elsie Wright's feelings. She was devastated by this as, as someone who created a piece of art. Basically, she became, instead of being an artist, she became a prop for this group of men's weird beliefs and, and personal neuroses. And so you basically have a group of men who would rather believe in fairies than believe in Elsie Wright. So I think, just to wrap up, I think that the girls took those photographs you know, back in 1917 as a childish prank. But I think they kept that secret for almost, 20, uh, for almost 70 years out of pure spite. <laughs> Once again, it looks as if the real villain is the patriarchy. Thank you, good night, cheers. Thank you, Nicholas.